This is the first time I've been able to hear myself when I've recorded a podcast. I normally can't figure out how to make it play through my headphones, so the headphones are kind of just for sure, except that I can hear the other person. I don't know what I was doing before, but now it seems to be working. I just fiddled with the knob and <laughs> there was volume control. Um, it's really good because it means that I can hear what the room sounds like. I can hear any, any I guess, outside noises. Um, so hopefully, hopefully I don't hear my dryer going rattling over two doors across from me. We just got back from Thailand. It was, it was an actually a really good trip. I went to Thailand twice as a kid, but I was like, I must've been 10 years or younger. So I was young. I was a family trip. I just remember like, kind of like club med style family trip, you know, like I just, you're in the pool all day and, and buying fucking stupid bracelets like that's kind of what the trip is but we did uh like three days in Bangkok I had a level one a level two seminar over there which was really really cool at CrossFit 10 500 uh it's a gym that I've been to in the past and it's a really cool little community they've been around for a while they've moved locations um but it's like bang smack in the middle of Bangkok and just a fucking hot sweaty awesome gym then we went to Phuket. We went to Phuket. We had to rush to get our flight on Sunday um, and flew in to Phuket and arrived at the hotel. And it was perfect because it meant that we woke up Monday like at the resort, which was the goal. Like that was in my head. I was like, I just want to wake up on Monday, like at this place that's going to be amazing and beautiful. And I'm on holiday with my boyfriend and it's going to be fucking awesome. And it was, it was really nice. Greg actually picked the resort. I'd found another place called the shore that I wanted to go to. That was a little bit further South on the West coast of Phuket. Uh, but the prices like skyrocketed between me finding it and then us deciding if we were going to stay there or not, we were going to have to spend a little bit more money to stay there. Um, and I was pretty set on it, but we'd like kind of went back and forth. And then in the end it had jumped up by like a grand. So we found the Naka resort and it was a really, really nice little spot. It's kind of at the top of the hill North of Patong beach, which is like one of the main big tourist uh, destinations uh, and where all the clubs are and where the ping pong shows are. And where, like, it's just wild, this strip of bars that they shut the road down so you can just walk up and down it. Um, so the Naka resort is basically like, I think they have 92 villas. Every single one has its own private pool and you can choose which part of the resort you're on. And we're on the West side, which was great because we got all of the afternoon sun. Some of the units that were on the like east sort of north side, they lost all the sun around midday, which is when it clears up. Like it's the wet season there. So we would often have rain overnight or in the morning and then it would clear up by like 11 p.m., 11 a.m., sorry, or 12 p.m. And so the afternoons were like the best times. And that was when I would be like fucking nude sunbathing in our little private pool area, which was awesome. And then the front of the unit has like, it's just surrounded by windows and you've got a little deck out the front and it's like, you've just got a bed in this middle of this open room where you can look over to the ocean and see all the results. It's a really cool resort too. It's like these kind of modern little concrete boxes and it's just, it's like that, like buried into the mountain. It just, it looks really awesome. So that was a really good find. Greg is good at finding that stuff. I think we've kind of sussed out that with trips, I'm going to book the flights and find dates. So like Greg won't pull the trigger on like, okay, we're going to go on holiday and I'm going to take this time off work because he'll be like, ah, I'm kind of busy and like maybe I'll wait till the end of this and oh, maybe later and maybe that won't work. So it worked really well with me having a seminar because I was like, I'm going on these dates. Does that work for you? And he was like, fucking do it. Just book it. It's fine. Um, and then 
he found the hotel. I actually did book the hotel. Uh, and then he found like, he found uh, some day trips that we did. And he also booked like all of the transport and paid for a bunch of that stuff. So we kind of ended up splitting it in a nice way, which was good. Um, so the interesting, the highlights, the highlights of the trip. Um, I actually really enjoyed doing a day trip. Sometimes when I go away places, I won't do touristy things. I'll just explore on my own. Like I'm kind of someone who would just go somewhere and just fucking walk around for days. And especially for like, you know, I was working till Sunday. And so my holiday was Monday through till Friday, really. And we left Saturday. So it was like, it was only five full days. And I was, I'm like, ah, oh, look, I could probably just take it as like a tropical holiday where you just do resorty type things and get suntanned. Uh, like that's my main priority. Uh, but we actually did this really cool half day trip. There are a bunch of really long trips that, so there's Fifi Islands and then there's James Bond Island. And I think it's called James Bond Island because it was a James Bond film filmed there. Um, so it's just like, like number one tourist destination, but it's hours and hours away. So if you get a boat, you have to drive like two hours just to get to the boat. Then you get on the boat, then you get to the islands. And then Fifi Islands are like way further south. So it just becomes a trip where you're kind of in transit for 50% of the time. And then the other like, because some of those trips were like nine hours. The other like four or five hours, that's when you get to be doing the things, but you've got four hours of just sitting in a car or sitting in a boat. Um, so we found one that was like a five hour or six hour trip, which was perfect. It was about an hour to get to the boat. And then uh, once we were on the boat, like it, it was pretty active the whole time. It was a little bit of like cruising through and getting to places, but it was really nice. It was this catamaran. So you could kind of like sit wherever you wanted. They were blasting music, like blasting tunes from, I want to say like the 2000s because there was stuff that I was like, oh, I remember partying in university to this. This is like, this is the like get fucked up song and everybody's dancing on the dance floor. So that was the vibe. It was so loud that it we we couldn't really even talk. Um, they they also had this photographer, professional photographer was included. Now, by professional photographer, they just had this awesome chick with the pretty standard camera, just like taking photos if you wanted them. So you could ask her to take photos and she'd take photos. But she took this job seriously. She went full blown like, okay, hand here, hold your glasses, hand on the hips, stick out your tongue and then do this and then turn around and poke your, okay. And it was like, <laughs> I just wanted her to get like one cute photo of me and Greg on the front of this boat. I was like, hi, could you please take a photo of me and my boyfriend? She was like, oh, of course, absolutely. And then she just went full end. And about 10 minutes later, I was like, we're, we're done. Can we please have a break? Because we'd been put in like, she, uh, okay. Imagine all of the cringiest couples photos you've ever seen. That was her inspiration. <laughs> it was like, okay, I want you, Greg, to sit down leaning on the side of the boat and Kate, please get in between his legs. And then Greg, I want you to put your arms around her. Kate, grab his hands. And it was just like, she's like, okay, now kiss. Okay, now Greg, hand around the waist and one on the leg. And then Kate, just drop your hip to the I'm like, oh no, please, please make it stop. So that was, <laughs> it was entertaining to say the least. And then the funny part was that we we did it first. Like I was the first one to ask for a photo, naturally. <laughs> and then we got to watch 
all of the other people on the boat, there were like 16 of us, do the same thing. And there were a bunch of like older couples and young girls going out and like some random solo dudes. And it was the best people watching I've ever experienced. It was awesome. And it just makes you see like what people will do when they're in front of a camera, right? Like if you're a photographer, you are the puppet master. <laughs> you can make people do whatever you want them to do. And it just made me think like, imagine testing that theory and just seeing what you can make people do. It's like anytime someone's filming, taking photos with their phone, with an actual camera, or like people out on the street, reporters, like holding a mic, like the, as soon as you put that stuff in front of someone's face, it's like they just become a different person. And uh, my posting, oh my God. Okay, if you're watching the video, I'm like waving. So I'm in the office, which is actually just a bedroom right at the back of our house. The very last room in the house. There's a big window here. And you can see onto like our back deck area. <laughs> My postie just walked around it. This is like a private house. <laughs> so he just like wanted it and then dropped off some boxes. So cool. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just here chatting. Anyway, so uh, we watched a whole lot of people. She was making them do all of these just amazingly awkward, uncomfortable things. And they were just rolling with it. And they would kind of like, you could see that they were kind of embarrassed. But it's like, you have no choice, right? You're in that position. You're like, I'll do whatever you say. I don't know why I'm doing it. I don't know how to make it stop. But okay, I'll put my hand here. I'll turn around a little bit, like just all these little things. It was phenomenal. We uh, went for a bit of snorkeling. Then we got to this really cool little bay. It's called Kohei. It's Coral Island. And it's just like this private island. And what we realized is that the beaches on the islands are a little bit nicer than the beaches in Phuket. Um, some of them are a bit rocky. They've got pretty good stuff, which is a highlight for some people. Um, but they're also like packed with just like and I don't want to say it's just like stuff for the tourists so there's just like people and shipping sold and like food and just all these things everywhere so if you want some more chilled out quiet beaches with like beautiful beautiful white sand um going to the islands is the best and we were told that we were not able to get cocktails and we also had to stay at one section of the beach and Greg and I were not impressed. I was like, how do we get, how do we get cocktails? Like, I don't drink that often. So when we go out, I'm like, let me, let me enjoy this. Let me go and have some fun and capitalize on this time. And uh, they were like, do not go to the left hand side when we're looking from the boat to the beach. They're like, don't go to the left. You're only allowed on the right. Greg, like, Greg and I are like, oh, we are really suspicious. Why are we not allowed to go that way? And there's a whole nother, like, there's kind of like two portions to the beach where there's obviously different, it almost looks like resorts, but there are no hotels there. They're just set up purely for tourists to do these day trips. So it's just like bars and um, activities and like diving and stuff like that. But there's these like separations in between these different bars. And what we realized is that there was a bar down on the left side that you could get cocktails from. So Greg and I just disappeared. We disappeared down the beach and we went and found some really good cocktails, which was awesome. Um, and we just kind of spent the day day drinking and then got some amazing Thai food. It was probably one of the best meals we had. And then hopped back on the boat and we spent the evening fishing in the sunset. It was awesome. It was so cool. And then got home. And then that night we uh, ended up, we ended up getting into Kamala Beach, which is a beach which is north of Patong. And this is where things get interesting. So obviously Greg and I have had the conversation of, hey, uh, 
hand jobs post like happy endings post massage that's obviously a thing in thailand what are we down with that is that cool and i'm like yeah i'm down with that are you down with that he's like yeah i'm done i'm definitely done with that he's never had it before so we were like oh well yeah like that would be cool and he's checking in with me and i'm like yeah that'd be fine of course and um and then i'm like what about me can we find me a happy ending like how do how do we get that do they do that do women get happy endings in thailand um and so we were kind of in a bit up being in this conversation of like how do we do we explore this is <laughs> anyway we actually try to find a legit massage parlor and we find this one that has like good reviews on yelp or whatever trip advisor and um it was like really cute little like just local spot it's nothing super fancy um but doesn't look like you can kind of tell especially in patong there are usually like a horde of girls out the front that have got like crop tops on boobs like tits out amazing tits out cleavage everywhere full face of makeup looking stunning high slits in their long skirts like and they've all got matching outfits on and like looking amazing but quite sexy for a massage and then there are the other places where like the women are fully like covered and have uniforms that look very much like, you know, like a massage therapist uniform. I don't know what the, how do I describe that? It's like, it's just a top that covers everything. So you could, you could kind of pick which ones are going to obviously be the special services ones and the ones that are going to be standard services. And so we'd, we'd, we were at this one that we were like, oh, this looks like a standard one. Like there's nothing that stands out as like hyper naughty or like you wouldn't sus suspect that there's anything going on. Anyway, we get out of the massage and I was like, did anything happen? And he was like, yeah, <laughs> I just got a happy ending. So totally unexpected. And I was like, because we've just been talking about it and, and we were in the room next to each other and it wasn't like they were boarded up. It was just like this big space that had these like dividers. And I mean, more than an office divider, like it was a divider that went almost all the way up to the ceiling with proper sliding doors to get in and out of them. But it was like, I could hear everything. And there were points during my message where I was like, what was that noise? <laughs> What's going on? Is some, no, no, surely nah, that won't happen. <laughs> and I'm like having this conversation like during it. We get out, turns out it did happen. Greg, <laughs> I think got one of the most vigorous hand jobs of his life and they don't stop. So like, if a guy is getting a handjob as a happy ending and a massage, you have to tell the therapist, the massage lady, to stop because she won't. <laughs> and we proved this twice. So <laughs> Greg was like, she just, she just kept going. Oh my God. It was like really aggressive. So that was the the surprise happy ending. Um, but yeah, he was like, she just asked for, he said how much? And she said one, as in 100 baht which is like a hundred. So 200 baht was $7.92. And I know this because I didn't take a bikini. <laughs> I know I didn't take a bikini to Thailand. My bikinis live in a separate part of my wardrobe. I totally forgot about them. Had to go buy a bikini. It cost 200 baht, which is about $7.90 Australian. So 100 baht is like less than $4. <laughs> he got like a $3.50 hand job. <laughs> love that that is wild that is so wild 
So he got this job. She asked, like, hey, do you want me? And I think there's a bit of a game that happens, at least from what Greg described. I didn't, I was not the recipient of any of these games or dances. I don't think they do it to women. Um, so apparently she's like really getting up close to the groin area and like brushing over him aka his cock and then at one point she I think just like laughed because he starts to get hard right like that's the thing with guys it's so obvious that you've got an opportunity because you can there's a visual cue like you can see and so they're getting she's getting a little handsy and a little close and then he starts getting hard and he's like fuck and she's pointing and I think giggles or says something she's like would you like me to massage here and he was like how much quite an important question if you're getting massages and people offer you extras good good idea to ask how much first ask ahead of time before you say yes um and she's like one and he goes like one what and she says a hundred baht and then she tells him that it's just for her like he has to give her cash then and there and he can't say anything he has to be quiet so then he's like in the room and i'm just getting massaged next to him in the other room like no idea that this is going on i'm just trying to relax and craig meanwhile is being tugged to fucking death <laughs> for a hundred baht she just takes the cash leaves the room halfway through the massage washes up and boom there you go and then came back in and finished the rest of the massage so that was his experience anyway that was the first like kind of like interesting fun sexy thing that happened and uh it was all good then we had a night out this is this is like this is probably one of the more epic nights I've had out and I have not done a lot of drinking with MDM because we met during lockdown we've been in lockdown for the first year that we were together. And then since we've been in Newcastle, we've kind of been able to get into like a routine with training again, because part of lockdown meant that not only were restaurants and bars and cafes closed, but we couldn't go to the gym. So this year has actually been more about like, oh, we're in a new house in a new city. Let's go to the gym. It's a beach place. We're at the beach all the time getting coffee. So it's just, and it's also a small town. Like it's not like being in Melbourne where you can go out, out like Newcastle, you can go out, but the degree to which we've gone out is like gone to a restaurant and had some cocktails. So we were in Patong and I mentioned earlier, it is this walking like strip in the middle of this beach, Patong. Patong Beach. Um, so I think it's literally called like the walking area or the walking road or whatever. But it's it's like everybody is there. They shut it down at night and you cannot walk five meters without someone touching you, grabbing you, asking you a question, telling you something, selling you something, trying to get you to buy something, holding up signs in front of your face, like just anything and everything. People like if you are an introvert, you will be really like overly stimulated in Patong because it is it's just like it's full on. Um, so we were like, Hey, let's go out. Let's go out, out. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what the night takes us. Let's have some drinks. Let's have some fun. Let's just go do whatever. And so we'd done a little bit of research because we'd seen all the ads for ping pong shows. Like you walk up the strip and there are 20, 30, 40, 50. There's so many people with these fucking posters with just lists of things that are shows. So it says like ping pong show at the top. And then there's like, there's got to be like 50 things. And it's like fucking show, mouse show, fish show, blades show, eel show. And you're like, what the fuck? realizing that these are all things that go inside the lady and she, that's what the show is about it's just like vaginas so we we're like okay well let's do one of those so greg's been online like sussing it out and trying to find out some good reviews and and just like get the lowdown on how to how to best approach these <laughs> which 
I think it's like, it's kind of future. Like the reviews and the things that people say, it's, you don't know which one is which, like there's no names. There's no, it's just like, it's really hard to figure it out. So you just, I think you just kind of have to go and be like, fuck it, let's just go. But we also did find a couple other things. There's um, like, there's a ladyboy cabaret, Simon Cabaret, um, which is like just this massive drag show. We didn't go there, but there were a bunch of drag queens out and it was, they were just like awesome. There's a lot of ladyboys. The culture of ladyboys is really cool in Thailand and it's a really positive thing. I think based on what Greg had said he'd found, ladyboys was actually quite a respectful thing because a man that takes on the role of mother, female, nurturer, like Kara is well-respected. And so I think it's been westernized or I want to say capitalized because um, now they sell money. Like, you know, they make it, they do it for money. Right. Um, and, and young men are groomed from, a, from being when they're little to, to basically become one of these lady boys. But uh, it's a, just a really interesting thing. Anyway, um, so there's nothing like, at least from what I could see as a tourist walking around Thailand for a week, there was nothing negative or untowards a lot of these people. Um, the lady boys are like spoken about really well and, and they're at the massage parlors. And like, I think it's a bit of a part of their kind of sexy culture that they have there where it's like, you can get whatever you want and, and, and anyone is game in a way. So there's almost like this inclusiveness that naturally happens because, you know, like, and I'm going to say that it is definitely driven by men, like, especially being in an open relationship and being bi, it's like, I want to hook up with men and women. And I want the same opportunities that Greg has. But when we're in Thailand, like it is, it's, it's like the patriarchy is king, where it's like, there's only female mass masseuses, there's only strippers with women, like there's the lady boys of the woman as well, trying to get the men like it's like, they're trying to get money from men. So the culture reflects that. And I'm like, hey, can I get a happy ending as well, guys? And it just it's really hard. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck, I feel like I'm being this is shit. And so moving on from that, there's the Simon Cabaret show. We didn't just like, we didn't go to that, but um, I did get a photo of Greg with a bunch of drag queens, which was fun. Um, we were like, let's just go to a strip club and then go to a ping pong show. Um, we started the night by going, we had gotten quite sick of Thai food, <laughs> which you'd think would be hard because like Thai food is good. It's typically quite fresh. You can get a lot of vegetables, there's beautiful fruit, like all that kind of stuff. But I think we just like it's a lot of curries and it's a lot of um like I don't know some of the it's like fried rice it's a lot of fried rice I ended up kind of eating fried rice all the time and I was just like I'm kind of sick of this so we were like let's go somewhere else <laughs> we ended up at this Italian place I I didn't expect to have good Italian in Thailand and I didn't get it <laughs> we went to this like pizzeria and they actually did make pretty good pizza they made the bases outside they had this like cool oven and stuff um it wasn't like a fire pit oven you know those ones that have um what are they called the big pizza ovens it was just like an electric one but they were making the bases fresh so I was like I'm into it so we had some pizza <laughs> and uh, we had a we actually they actually accidentally brought us cheese and we started eating and we're like I don't remember ordering this but I guess it must be complimentary because we'd ordered bread <laughs> halfway through eating this cheese <laughs> guy, guy comes back and he's like oh you didn't order this and we were like no we thought it was complimentary he goes oh sorry and then takes it now custom like I think customary practice in Australia would be like oh I delivered this to your table by accident you guys just keep it it's on the house you've already eaten like majority of it <laughs> this guy's like no 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 we're taking the cheese off you. We're taking the cheese and we're going to give it to the proper table. <laughs> so they took the cheese and I can guarantee you that they didn't 
get rid of the cheese. They just added the extra pieces that we'd eaten. I'd eaten like half of one of the pieces as well. And then gave it to the neighbors that had like the neighboring table to us because that was the table that had actually ordered the cheese. We we're like, oh man, that's that's the cheese we were just eating. <laughs> we were like, we're so sorry. <laughs> but anyway, that was where we started. We got some pizza. We lined our stomachs with some carbohydrates because we are intelligent drinkers like that. And then we went to the Aussie bar. We were like, oh, we've got to start at the Aussie bar. Like, let's just go there. There's so many Aussie bars, Aussie pubs, Aussie place, whatever. There's just so much there that's like they target different people. Um, but there are heaps of places to drink for Australians um, or even if you're not Australian. So we went upstairs. We played a few rounds of pool. I won one game out of three, which I was impressed with because I have not played pool in a long time. And I wasn't sure how that was going to go. Uh, we had some pretty good cocktails actually they do they make drinks well then we played randomly some bb gun shooting like they just have the most random stuff on the street you can just do anything you want um and then we were walking up and down and in in the street like i said people are just coming at you and so as you walk past bars there are hordes of women scantily clad <laughs> trying to get people into the bar and so they're either sitting at tables at the front of the bar. Some of them had stripper poles. Actually, most of them had stripper poles. So some of them at some point started getting up on the stripper poles. Um, some of them were just standing out the front with like signs. And I want to say like 70% of these women look fucking miserable. Absolutely not enjoying their job. <laughs> and funnily enough, are there to like entertain or like bring in customers and like keep them there. <laughs> But I think they switch it on depending on who's walking by. So you can watch. And we did this when we were at the Aussie bar. We were upstairs and we were just watching down and we were looking at the pub across from us. And when there were men walking by, groups of men or single men or whatever, these women would physically latch onto them and be like, come in, come on, have a drink. No, come this way. Why are you leaving me? Why don't you want a drink? Come on, just have one. Just And like, every tactic available would be thrown at them and it was super aggressive and they would be like flirty and funny and loud and like teasing and like and then you see them sitting with these men and trying to buy drinks and so we're trying to figure out like are they paid by the bar are they are they making money are they getting tips are they trying to hook up with the men like what's the go here and so we were like let's just walk up and down and see what happens we definitely had people approaching us and trying to get us to come in but what we realized later was that couples not so much of a target. Men, however, major targets. So we didn't get harassed as much. But later on, when Greg was on his own, he's like, holy fuck. I, <laughs> it was, it was intense. It was aggressive. So I think it's a little bit different when there's like a female and a guy walking around that are obviously a couple. But anyway, we found this one bar. I was like, oh, they look dumb. Like, let's just go there. And uh, we ended up getting pulled in and this random chick from the bar sat with us. And what they do is they keep you there. They hang out with you. They chat with you, like whatever. And then they ask you to buy them a drink. And so you buy a lady drink. <laughs> They're literally called lady drinks. They're on the menu so that they can just point the menu and be like, will you buy me a drink as well? When we buy a second round eventually. And they're like 250 baht. Most of the drinks were like 180 to 200. So the lady drinks are typically more expensive. And then they come back with this shit that looks like fucking water. Water and ice or like cordial. So I assume that they essentially take the money from the lady drink and that goes towards them. Maybe some of it towards the bar. We didn't ask about what the split was. But that is the game. They are trying to get you to stay there, hang out. They get you to buy them a drink. And then they get some of that cash or, or the tips or whatever. 
Um, so we ended up like just chatting and playing these games. And this woman was like doing all these random shit things, shit, not random shit things, random shit, random things to hang out with us. And, and we actually ended up playing these games, this like dice game where you toss it in a cup and you're trying to get sixes or you're trying to get ones. So we kind of had a fun time and we got chatting to her about which ping pong shows to go to. So the ping pong show, <laughs> I was actually relatively intoxicated by this point. Um, I had quite a few drinks um, and we didn't get absolutely hammered, but we had definitely been like drinking consecutive cocktails that were, were strong. And uh, we we're like, we'll, we'll go to a ping pong show. Do you know anyone to this lady who was sitting with us? And she's like, oh, my friend, my friend, you talk to my friend, I'll get you a good price. Like da da da. And we're like, okay, well, what time? And she's like 1030. And I think it was like 930 at that point. And uh, we were like, okay, well, let's just go somewhere else. And then we'll come back. And we were going to go and find this strip club. And we kind of wanted up and down. It was a really hard strip club to find. Um, and then we found it like tucked away. It just didn't have, it was funnily enough. It was like, it was called something different to what it was on, on Google or something, but it, but there was some of the um, like logo, but it was just hidden. So we find this Susie Wong's and the logo is literally like, it's this really cool red pattern. And the logo was like kind of built into the pattern. So you can't really spot the logo, but it said harem on the signs and on all the like TVs around it. So we're like, I think this is it. You walk in and you kind of like walk into a wall, like you're following the side of a wall and then you go through a curtain and you're in a strip club. It's a pretty small strip club. There are couches around the outside. There's a secret room out the back. We didn't quite get in there, but next time, you know, that's where we're going. Uh, and then there's like a bar in the one corner and then there's just like table where all these girls are dancing with their tits out. All the girls have their tits out. Funnily enough, the outfit choice was <laughs> this lingerie, incredibly cheap lingerie that kind of looked like Christmas lingerie. The reason I know that is because one of my Sheen purchases, which Sheen is like a really good cheap website. Um, look, I probably shouldn't be promoting it because it's 100% fucking child labor and shitty, shitty things straight out of China. But um, you can get super cheap clothes, including super cheap slutty lingerie. So Sheen is quite good. Um, <laughs> one of my purchases from Sheen at one point when I do like purchase of like three or four lingerie sets, um, for like, it's like 30 or $40. It's insane. It was a Christmas one. And it was like this bra and bottom, like bikini bottom with like fluff. So it was red with like white fluff and a white tail. And then, um, it had like white cuffs with it that attached to a neck cuff that was white fluffy Christmas theme stuff. <laughs> so it was like a Miss Claus type thing. Um, the girls were all wearing this, like literally the exact outfit. I was like, Craig, I have this outfit. <laughs> what the fuck? I should have brought it. <laughs> and anyway, these girls just like come and sit with us. And we're like, this is weird. They don't speak a lot of English. So you're like, okay. And some of them were in dresses and looked really young. And some of them had tits out and were like up dancing and they looked a little bit older. So we were like, oh, what's going on? Maybe she's a newbie. She was the one that the, the girl in the dress came and sat down next to us. And she looked really young, hardly spoke any English. So it was just like this awkward thing. She kind of just sat there. She was dancing a little bit. And then when we ordered a second round, she's like, will you buy me a drink? And we were like, oh, so you do know some English. <laughs> so we ended up buying her this drink. And then um, we find out that she's the sister of one of the other strippers. I go and tuck in like, I think it was like 20 or 40 baht, which is nothing. Um, tuck it into like the suspenders on one of the chicks up on the table. And she's been like quite loud. And you just know like she's she's 
a loud human being. She seems funny. She seems like a good time. <laughs> and uh, she has like this platinum blonde long hair, this Thailand Thai chick. Um, and uh, she had actually, the reason I chose her, that's right. The reason that I was like, oh, I'm giving her my cash was because all the other girls had their tits out. She was like, fuck it. And had her pussy out and was just straight up naked on the stage. We were like, yes, that's amazing. <laughs> So I was like, I'm giving her my money. She fucking has worked for it. So I walk over with my money. She turns around and I'm like, I'm below her. Like I'm at thigh height with my eyeballs. She turns around and just straight up like bends over and opens her asshole and pussy into my face. I'm like, whoa, hey, here you go. Tucked in, tucked in my money to a suspender. Spanked that ass because that's obviously what you do. Um, and then walked away. She was like, come back, come back. And she gave me a hug and she just started groping my tits. Um, and it was hilarious. She was awesome. And then later on, we were like, we stayed there for like another drink. And then we're like, oh, like, let's, let's figure out like how we can get a dance. And I kept asking them, like, how do I get a lap dance for Greg? Like for my boyfriend, how do I get a lap dance? And they just didn't understand any of those words. Like no one, there are some women who from the bar spoke bad English and like, they just didn't get it. And I'm looking around and some of the other guys, and there were some other couples in there and some like groups of men, like there was a mixture of people, all tourists, but mixture of people. Some of the guys had the same girls that we had, like the girls that were just standing around with us getting drinks, but they were like grabbing them and the girls were dancing on them and they were like essentially doing the whole like like dance thing. But I don't think they'd requested it. I think that they had just shown interest and like put their hands on them and like grab them. Greg was like, that's like, that's kind of not done in Australia. And I've actually, this by the way, oh, should have said this at the beginning. I've never been to a strip club before. This was my first strip club. So I'm like, this is all fucking new to me, new territory. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of my mind. Like, oh my God. And he's like, yeah, you can't really grab girls in Australia. Like that's not really a done thing. Um, so he's like, hands off everybody. And I'm like, no, I think you need to just like show interest and they will play to that and try and because they want you to buy them drinks, right? Like that's the game. So we're talking and we end up like being like, hey, do, can we go to the couch and have a dance? And we go to the couch and then they're like, this is the VIP area. You have to spend 3000 baht to get this area at least a minimum. And then at the top was like 15K or 20K baht to get like this special thing. And you get rounds and rounds of shots or whatever it is. And we were like, mm, no, we're not going to do that. Um, what's the next option? <laughs> the lower down option. <laughs> and then at that point we were like, oh, we're just, I think we'll just go. And um one of the girls kind of hung around and we're like, no, 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 no. Like, wait, 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 wait. And as we were walking out, there was another kind of couch area that looked a little bit less VIP than the one that we tried to sit on. And so they were like, you can stay here. And we we're like, cool. So we sat there and then we had the girls come. <laughs> we ended up with four strippers and they were hilarious. It was awesome. And I think something, and it's bizarre. I don't know if anybody else has ever been super curious or intrigued with sex workers and what that life is like but I was like fuck me this is a sorority this is a girls club and it is fucking awesome and the girls were just like fucking around with people having fun like they started teasing Greg they started giving him shit they were laughing they were high-fiving me like they were motivating motivating my tits they were pulling Greg's shirt up and pulling his pants like they were just messing with us and having so much fun and like I'm sure they were making the most of a 
interesting situation and I don't know what their lives look like outside of work but I was like man the group of women that were there were super tight and like obviously like I said one of them was sisters with the other one and then we ended up finding out from one of the massage parlors like him it was a mother and daughter so like there's these groups of women that are very closely connected and all going through this thing and I imagine that they all have like kind of this special relationship in a bizarre way and I was like fuck me this reminds me of hanging out with like all my girlfriends getting drunk and just like being raunchy, slutty, like having a wild, fun time. And we just like danced with these girls for probably an extra 45, 60 minutes. They were on my lap. I was on their lap. They were putting their outfits on me. They were pulling my dress up. They had like me straddling Greg. Then they were, we were talking about eating pussy. Then we were talking about sucking dick. Then we were talking about sex. Just like, and a lot of this is all by like hand motions because the English not great. So it was just like this loud, funny, like it was, it was really funny. Um, and then that'd be like super slutty all of a sudden and like put their pussies in your face. And then you'd have like one hand down one of their panties. Like I looked over and I was like, <laughs> I was like laughing at her. He's like, I've got my hands down one of, one of her panties. She's fine with it. I was like, that's awesome. It was the most bizarre thing ever. And then one of the other girls has opened up her panties and put my, it was just like, they were into, well, I don't know if they were into it, but they were aggressive and encouraging. And that was this, that was the game. And then what happened was they were like, will you buy us a drink? And I was like, fuck yes. Rounds on me. So <laughs> I ended up buying like two rounds of drinks for everyone. So it's like a thousand baht for the four girls. And then they asked again, they were like, will you get the 3000, get, get everyone shots. Come on. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Greg, it's your turn. Then I was like, okay, I'll I'll buy more drinks, but I'm not buying the 3,000. I'll just buy 1,000 so that everybody can have another round again. And they had their fucking, they even brought out shot glasses with, I don't know, the cordial or the water that they had in them and like pretend to take shots. I was like, that's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, so it feels like you're out drinking with like all these girls that are just being fun and wild. So we ended up buying a few more rounds of drinks. It got wild. Um, it was super fun. That was probably the highlight of the night for me. Like that was just like this epic time. And I 100% want to go to a strip club again. And it, it was cool to just hang out with a bunch of girls who were like slutty and fun and open about it and like being raunchy and whatever. Like those are always the best girls to hang out with anyway. But uh, obviously in a strip club, there's just like heaps of them. <laughs> so, and they obviously all want your money. Um, but I still had fun. Fuck it. Like it's just the most pure form of capitalism, right? From there, we finally escaped. Um, and part of our escape had to be like, we'll come back tomorrow. Okay, we'll come back. We'll be back. Um, which ended up kind of being the line. Because if you if you have someone like grabbing and latching onto you and like being like, no, you can't really get away from that. There's no excuse. Like, where are you going? You're going to another bar. Why not just stay here? Like, <laughs> so you have to be like, oh, we have to go, uh, but we will come back. And that seems to satisfy people. Anyway, from there, we found a ping pong show. <laughs> we, so the ping pong show is like no admission fee, <laughs> which is BS. Most of them were no admission fee. Some of them were like, hey, you pay this and then you get free drinks. Um, but we didn't want to pay to get in and then not like it. So we were like, let's do the no admission fee one. And then when we get in, we can decide if we want to stay or not and we can just leave. Um, cause what happens is your first drink is like 1400 baht, um, which is about $50, maybe, maybe $60. A thousand baht is about 40 Australian dollars. So it was 1400 for your first drink each. That essentially covers that's, that's admission. Really? It's admission and you get a drink included with it. It's not a drink and then admission. <laughs> we walk into this place. It's like up some stairs. We walk through these 
like pool tables and then there's this like wall in front of you. We walk in and there's just like these couches. It's kind of empty. There's this stage in the front. It's very dark. <laughs> and the first show that is on is the fucking show. <laughs> and literally for hours all night, what's happening in these um, theaters, that kind of like theaters, it was, a, it was bizarre, um, is these just little skits going on and on and on and on through the night. <laughs> And then in the in between different skits, like the girls that have been on stage come out into the crowd and try and get money and like see who's going to buy them drinks and and do whatever. And so we walk in and grab a seat. We get a seat right at the front. And this couple come out and they've got to be like in their 40s or 50s. I always assume they're older because Asian people look so fucking young. They come out. This guy is rock hard. This guy's cock is out and it is fucking like you can just see the viagra in his blood and this like chick comes out they're both wearing masks so they have these little like fancy like masquerade masks on um <laughs> and then they just start going at it um and they <laughs> it's really funny because it's so not sexy like it's sex but it's the least sexy type of sex it's just performative sex her face doesn't change the whole time like you kind of wonder if his cock is even in her pussy because she's just like she <laughs> kind of is like facing the stage most of the time bent over she rides him at some point but she's kind of like facing the stage and just like has this kind of sweet happy smile and is like tapping her hands to the music <laughs> and you're like oh my god this is this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And it's not like porn, like it's not porn sex at all. It's just like these two people and he just like starts fucking her and goes into all these crazy positions and, and gets upside down on his hands and like rocks his cock in and out. It's just, it's just people fucking. It's literally a fucking show. Um, and then they wrap it up after about three minutes and then they walk off. And like he never, like obviously the guy doesn't come. It's just the show. He just fucks her in all these crazy interesting positions and it's all very well choreographed. And you're like, how many times have these people done this? Like this is, this is smooth. <laughs> Normal sex isn't this smooth. Like Greg and I are like, man, how do we get how, our sex isn't this smooth? Oh my God. The transitions between positions is amazing. <laughs> it's like a 10 out of 10. <laughs> we start scoring them and holding up little paddles. <laughs> So they do that. And then what they did after their show is they come around with a little box that says tips. So I think what happens is in a lot of these places, the tips are the performance. That's their take home money. They might make a little bit of a cut from the bar, but otherwise their tips are their main source of income. So they all would always come out after their little skit and have a tipping bar, a tipping jar or some way to take money. Um, I can't remember what the next show was. There were a couple of random like interlude shows where women were just dancing in weird outfits and doing odd things. But we did see many things be taken out of the vaginas and put back in. <laughs> the first thing that we saw was they came around looking for volunteers. <laughs> and like, obviously, we're gonna, I'm going to make Greg try and be a volunteer. But... <laughs> he gets me to be a volunteer. He's just like, nope, you're going first. So they take me up. There's like four or five of us and they make us hold a balloon. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh no. What is, what, where, where does this go from here? And a lady comes out, does not look happy. 
Um, she has this, they all have these like sexy air, air stewardess outfits on that are like baby blue with like these kind of yellow seams, crop top, crop little t-shirt and, um, skirt. And they just hike their skirts up. So you actually never see full nakedness apart from their fucking show. Um, because they're always wearing their little outfits. Some of the girls have their like bras on and get their tits out, but they're typically the girls that come out into the crowd and try and buy drinks and stuff so I they kind of have more of the stripper vibe and then the other girls that are the performers were wearing their little air stewardess outfits so I'm holding my balloon I was first in line and she's like okay hold your balloon over your head like raise your arm up this lady comes out and she has this quite large bamboo straw and then a packet of um darts (laughs) she lies on her back about three meters in front of me and I'm like oh cool (laughs) This is the best view. <laughs> Grace just laughing at me. I'm like, oh my God. She slides the bamboo straw into her pussy and has put one of the darts in the other end and begins to shoot said dart towards my balloon to pop it. It took her a few goes. <laughs> it got stuck at the end of the bamboo a couple of times. And so I think there might've been like a lubrication issue or something with the bamboo and the darts. It happened a few times and she kept looking at it funny and taking it out and putting it back in. I'm just like, this is an ordeal. This is like, oh my God. And she's so casual about it. She's just like, I could not give a fuck. And eventually she gets it higher and higher and then she hits and pops the balloon to which we all applause. And then I tip her <laughs> and then I go back to my seat and she does it with everybody else. Um, so this chick is just like phenomenal at throwing fucking darts through or pushing out a dart just through pure pelvic floor strength. It, (laughs) the strength was impressive. Actually, it, (laughs) the same chick later on that blows the darts through her pussy comes out later with two Coke bottles. Um, and one of them had water in them and one of them was empty. Like one of them had clear liquid and one of them was empty. They're glass bottles. And she comes out and she lies on her back with her like pussy to the audience. Did she? Yeah. But like her skirt kind of pulled up. So you can't like it's it, you kind of don't see stuff like it's not like full frontal. Um, but she <laughs> puts the bottle that has the water into her pussy and sucks via her pussy the water into her body and then takes that bottle out puts the empty bottle into her pussy stands up puts the empty bottle into her pussy and then pushes out coca-cola colored liquid so i'm trying to like (laughs) i'm just trying to figure out how this works like you put clear liquid into your vagina and now you're pushing dark liquid out of your vagina did you have food coloring in your vagina? Did you have Coke already in your vagina when you walked out on the stage? How, <laughs> please, please explain. Um, <laughs> so that was her other trick. She was the dart and the the water lady. She, it seemed like there were some girls that would come out and do re- repeat bits. And that was her thing. She was talented at that. <laughs> I feel like she was one of the ones that had the strongest flat pelvic floors in order to be able to like do the darts and the water thing. <laughs> then, then we had this one chick and this chick was the chick that did the sharp object stuff. It was like, again, I'm going, is she, has she got something in her vagina? She must have something like, like almost like a, vag- a vaginal condom, some kind of barrier, something like a fucking cup up her pussy that just like keeps shit in place without tearing her apart from the inside out 
she comes out and she pulls plastic flowers out of her pussy, like a lei. You know, like in Hawaii, you go and you get a lei around your neck. One of those, but a really long one. <laughs> and it just like keeps coming. It's just like this plastic flower she just like pulls out. And then she comes back later, pulls out another string. On the string though, are needles. She's pulling out like, there, there had to be like 50 to 100 needles. She just keeps pulling it out. And then the climax of the show for her, she comes out and she's holding two plastic straws. And I'm like, oh, okay, what's going to happen here? Is she going to like drink something through her pussy or like throw, blow something? I don't know. You just don't know. You just cannot guess about what's going to happen. Though you do know it will involve one of their vaginas. She comes out with these plastic straws, walks out, and she was super happy. It was really funny. She was like so happy and pumped to be there. <laughs> she was she she was a great performer. And she then again pulls a piece of string, doesn't do anything with the straw, starts pulling a piece of string. And razor blades start coming out of her vagina. Like the needles, there were at least 50 of them. There were so many razor blades tucked up into her pussy that I'm like, Man, she's either got some tactic of folding these things on top of one another and like putting it in something and then putting it in her pussy. Like I'm, it, you were one kind of like you were impressed and you want to applause her and be like, wow, like amazing job. Well fucking done. And then you're also shocked and a little bit like almost like my pussy felt traumatized watching it. It was like, I'm like, ow, I... Uh, and then you also don't understand. So there's also this element of like, it just doesn't make sense. How, how do they do this magic trick? Because surely there are not razor blades just in her pussy. That, I mean, that is like, is that really, is that abuse? Is that, is, I, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> That was the razor blade lady. And with the straws afterwards, Greg's like, I'm wondering maybe they're not, maybe they're blunt. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> the straws are there to prove to you they are not blunt because she takes the straws, grabs one of the blades and just starts slicing the straws up into these tiny little pieces really easily. And you're like, yeah, those are sharp blades. Okay. <laughs> that was the blade lady, the razor blade lady. Then... Then there was this other chick and she was the ping pong chick. That was the final part that we stayed and watched. We didn't watch any of the other stuff once we saw her come out with the ping pongs. She'd done a lot of other stuff prior, so we, we were there for a while. Um, <laughs> she looked like she was just like, she she was having fun as well because I think it was entertaining for her to see the response from the crowd. Like it was like she was laughing at us more than we were laughing at what was going on kind of thing. So it became like this kind of back and forth. She with the ping pongs came out and she had like this bucket with water in it and about 10 ping pong balls in there. They were orange. Same thing, stewardess outfit on. <laughs> she like pulls up, pikes up her skirt a little bit, just a little bit. Doesn't show too much, you know, got to keep it keep it a mystery, leave something to the imagination. And, and then she starts putting uh, ping pong balls up her pussy and then shooting them straight out and they bounce on the ground and she catches them. <laughs> it's kind of like when you watch someone with a basketball who can like dribble a basketball really well, but the ping pong balls and she's got two hands and a vagina. <laughs> And she starts like dribbling these ping pong balls and she has like one pop out of it. Pussy and she catches it behind her and then she bounces one in front and, and like it just it progressively gets more and more interesting. And then she starts popping them out of her pussy. 
they bounce up and she fucking whacks them into the crowd. <laughs> so she is like smacking these pussy ping pong balls into the audience. <laughs> there are these girls like screeching and the guys are like howling and loving it. And like, it's just like, it just, it was the best. And this chick is having the time of her life, fucking throwing her pussy ping pong balls at the crowd. And I'm like, you know what? I would fucking enjoy that too. Like, I'm going to put shit in my pussy. I want to throw it at people. So that was her ping pong ball. That was the final part that we saw. However, this chick was the same chick that earlier on had put three live creatures in her pussy. So she would walk out and have nothing in her hands. And you'd be like, hmm, hmm, <laughs> hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> First one, a bird, a live bird. <laughs> she pulls it out and it flies up to her shoulder. I am not fucking joking. <laughs> Literally flies out of her pussy onto her shoulder. She then kind of like lets it hop around, fly it around, do it, do its thing, maybe recover, catch its breath. I don't know. And then she grabs it again and is like kind of petting it a little bit, makes it real small. You're like, okay, goodbye. Puts the bird back in her pussy. <laughs> literally we watch her just kind of like pop it in she puts it in really easily surprisingly I'm like man sometimes it is hard to put a fucking tampon in I feel like I need lube like Jesus and she just slides this bird right up in there and then it comes out again and then she walks off with the bird just hanging out on her shoulder just another day uh the second object that we see her pull out of her vagina is a mouse a rodent she pulls out a mouse um puts it on the ground it hangs out it looks around and then she puts it back in and <laughs> and then she lets it come out again it's just like it's just this thing of like you kind of watch the animal come out and then it goes back in and then it comes out and then she's like okay goodbye <laughs> and then the weirdest one and the one that probably grossed me out the most like the live creatures thing was like that was the most gross factor for me because i was just like Oh, my vagina. I just can't imagine. I feel a little bit sick. I don't, I would never want to put something like that up my pussy. That freaks me out. Um, <laughs> and uh, the thing that was the grossest was when she came out and she had a jar and it had water in it. And we were like, okay, she comes out and you start, she just stands there with her legs open and you start to see something coming out of her. And it's wriggling and it's small and kind of clear. I'm like, ah, oh, it's going to be a fish. <laughs> Next minute, this fish, but it's like an eel. It's not just a fish. It's an eel. It's a small eel. She shoots it out into the bowl. And might I add, with good aim, she shoots it into the bowl and it's swimming around in this bowl of water. Then she does it again. Then she does it again. And again, and again, and again, she had at least six of these little eels up in her vagina that she shoots out into the bucket and like got it in the bucket every time. Uh, that was, that was pretty unreal. That was, I almost was like, I don't know if I can watch this. <laughs> 
she's just like smiling. She's just like, this is hilarious to watch people do this. Obviously they do this all the time, like every night. And they probably are on some kind of rotation for the evening where it's like an hour long thing. And they just do it two or three times. And she's just chill. She's just cruising, just doing what she does. Um, and then that was it. <laughs> she walks off stage. She's like, bye. So that was, <laughs> that was the ping pong show. At one point, one of the girls that I said was up on the stage, like just doing like dirty dance, which very little effort went into the girls are like just kind of like bobbing on the stage slowly taking parts of their clothes off and then they eventually come out on the stage out off the stage into the crowd and uh the chick brought out lotion with her and I was like here we go and so I'm like Greg you go you're doing it this time and she grabs his hand and puts lotion in it and then he has to put the lotion all over it fake tits and I was like oh that was a fucking good one you're like you got the good one and he's like oh well you do it too so then she puts lotion to my hands and I have to massage lotion into her tits um but what happens is if you participate you are then the target for the tips it, and if you don't tip like they'll get pissed so this chick got a hundred baht off Greg and then we thought that was good because it was both of us and she's like no 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 you tip as well and I had 40 baht she's like no absolutely not 100 baht and I was like no I have 40 and she was like no and then she she starts having a tantrum she was really upset and was like no mm. and <laughs> making this really big scene and I was like oh my god I don't know what, what do I do oh my god she was like just like really upset and like I mean playing it up I'm not actually upset I, I don't think but it worked so I fucking find 100 baht as fast as I can I'm like please oh my god there you go I'm sorry <laughs> And she like runs off happily. Um, so yeah, if you participate, just pre be prepared, have money because uh, you will have to pay. <laughs> and then we watched like people around us having the same thing. Like there was this guy behind us who was just buying the shots, like the 3000 thing where you get like 24 shots or 12 shots. And four of the girls were just all over him. And at one point he was like, oh no, I'm all out of money. I can't pay. That's bad. When you say that, that's bad. <laughs> and all the girls bailed immediately. Um, and then another, at another point, uh, one of the guys pulls out his phone to record and maybe not even pulls it out to record, just has his phone out. And the girls on stage started losing their shit, pointing, yelling, calling security, screaming at him, like not happy at all. Um, and then he puts it away and the, some of the girls still continue to like harass him and yell at him and abuse him for, for doing that. So like, you cannot take your phone out. There's a couple of security guards on like each corner with little laser beams watching you. And if you do, like they will point their laser beam at you and the dancers will also abuse you. Um, so <laughs> that's how they kind of control it. Like no one can film it or take photos or videos. So that was the ping pong show that, that was wild. After that, I was, I was tired. I was exhausted from just watching it and we'd sat on this drink. So our tactic was like, Hey, like we don't really want to buy more drinks. Let's just go in, pay the admission, get our one drink and then just sit on it and nurse it. And so we just nursed it. They weren't very good drinks anyway. They were like, just like mixes with a small amount of alcohol. So we'd sat on these like hyper sweet margaritas and eventually just kind of left with them being half drunk. We were there probably for an hour and then we we're like, let's go home. <laughs> Let's go home. And as we were walking home, this lady boy comes up to us and she's like in her massage outfit. And she's like, do you want a massage, like erotic massage? And it would have been like 1 p 1 a.m. at that point. And Greg's like, will you give her an erotic massage? He's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yes, we can do women. Like, we can do girls. We'll do ladies. And he's like, ah, like full, full or like what? Like, he's like, he's like, I'm standing in the street. Just like, I just want to go home. He's like fucking pointing at my tits and pointing at my crutch. And the lady boy's like, yeah, yeah, we're riding master. Of course. <laughs> 
And I'm like, oh, I think maybe, maybe tomorrow. And he's like, okay, we'll come back tomorrow. She's like, come and see me. My name is Morona, whatever her name was. And he's like, okay, I'll come see you. So, so apparently you can. And then what we found out later on is that Greg can find them because um, he was starting to speak to some of the women and like ask some questions and see what the, find, the, find out the goss. And he spoke to one of the ladies who gave him a massage later on in the week, like on our second to last day. And she was like, yeah, yeah, we will do woman. I have a girl here who does that. But he said, do you? And she was saying, no, I don't do woman. So I think there might be a thing where a lot of the massage therapists just do men. Like they, unless they're bisexual or into woman, like they just don't do woman. Um, and it's probably not very often that they get asked, I'm assuming. And even if for me, like even if you wanted it, I'm not outwardly like being like, I'm looking for a massage with a happy ending, please. How much would that be? <laughs> like, you're not saying that, especially because based on what this other massage lady said was she said that they advertise normal massages and then they go into the back rooms and whatever happens in the back rooms, the owner doesn't know about it. And so they just take cash tips in the back. They pay for the actual massage at the front though. So like, that's the part that's, you know, that that's open and, and the owner knows all, all about it, I guess. But what happens in the back room is like, that's up to you. So it's kind of, funnily enough, somewhat discreet, I guess, in the way that they operate the businesses, even when it's obvious that that's what is happening. Um, so yeah, the, the lady part, the lady on lady thing, I think it's kind of rare. Um, but I will say this. I, on that same night that Greg was talking to that lady, I went and got a four hands massage. It was 1600 baht. So I think, again, like maybe $60. It was an hour with two women massaging me. It was it was awesome. It was so good. And I remember when I was a kid in, in Thailand and we got someone in the hotels organized massages for us and it was locals. So they were speaking Thai to the locals about trying to organize this massage. And they came back to us, the people from the hotel and said, we've asked them not to massage your breasts. And so go ahead, there you go, go off, go have your massages. And I'm like, oh my God, what does that mean? Why were they going to? So I think it might be somewhat traditional for them to in their Thai massage to do your breasts. And I got my boobs done in this forehand massage. My boobs were massaged. However, <laughs> I will say it was not erotic at all. And not erotic in the sense like Greg got a very ferocious hand job. It was actually just like they were just like kind of getting my pics. And obviously my boobs were in the way. So <laughs> it was more like they were kind of an inconvenience than anything. So they did like my stomach, which was super interesting. It kind of felt a little bit like when I've had diaphragm re releases done. Um, they rub, they use oil, and then they essentially just work up the sides and eventually it's it's your boobs. So that that was my little experience getting massages. But yeah, the full hands thing, if you're in Thailand and you go somewhere and they have that, definitely do it. It was super fun. It was just like bizarre having four hands touching you. Like, And then at one point, my favorite part of that massage, one of the girls was, I was on my back. It was towards the end. She was giving me a head and scalp massage while the other one was like massaging, not the base of my foot. I don't, I find that a bit ticklish. They do it hard though. Like it's, it's, it's very deep, but like kind of around my ankles and heel. And so I had that sensation and the head and temple, like being massaged sensation, that combo magical fucking fireworks. That was awesome. So if you can get into Thailand and get a four hands massage, the answer is fucking do it. It was awesome. Um, so that was a little fun thing for me. 
on the back end of this massage night, I went to go to massage. Greg had gone off. And that was when he realized that people were way more aggressive when he was walking around on his own, especially being like a tall kind of younger dude. Like a lot of the men there were older, not super healthy, kind of overweight and often quite short. And yeah, just like not not healthy not the opposite to what greg is which is like big tall crossfit dude who's in his like mid-30s so like he would just be he was just being hassled apparently <laughs> and he was like man they they just would like grab my arm and not let go and i couldn't do anything um and so that was how he kind of like ended up getting pulled into this one massage place she stood in front she's like where are you going he's like i'm just walking he's like she's like are you gonna go to massage and he's like i'm thinking about it she's like why not here why not now he's like i'm not gonna win this am i okay yes fine <laughs> So yeah, but interesting experience was like over these nights, like obviously Greg's kind of like not not fully playing with these other girls, but like playing and we're, we're seeing a lot of girls and like it's fun and it's sexy and it's like nothing, nothing like I guess like nothing beyond first base, maybe first base, hand drop, I don't know, first, second base, whatever. And not like oral sex or anything. Um, But I'm like, ah, like I, I still feel it is still uncomfortable. Like it's not the easiest thing to like watch your partner. Like knowing that I was in the room next door to him while he was getting a massage that ended with a hand job. I'm like, oh, that was kind of weird. Like I was right there, even though I've been in the room with him when he's been with other women. Um, and then the second night with the strippers, I was like, and when he was like, oh yeah, my hands like done. I was like, oh, okay. All right. No, cool. That's fine. I'm just going to like, I'm just going to pack that away for a second. That's cool. Like, it's fine. Like, it's just we're out with strippers. Like, my hand was also, like, exploring. But I think it's still, like, a it's a weird experience. And I get a little uncomfortable and I get a little freaked out. And I think I just I just compare myself. And then I really want to be, like, cool and chill about it. And then if I freak out, I feel really bad because I don't want to be that kind of person. So I struggle with accepting these feelings a lot of the time and I struggle with figuring out how to process them and regulate them. Do I do it internally? Do I do it externally? I feel conflicted if I do it internally because I, I feel like I have to on the outside put up this facade of like, I'm cool. I'm totally okay. Everything is fine. I don't feel uncomfortable at all. <laughs> so I kind of end up in a bit of a dilemma of do I say anything? Do I not say anything? I feel kind of strange and this is super weird, um, but uh, like... Anyway, after the third night, I was like, hey, like it does feel weird, like and it's kind of hard. And I take my time to physically reconnect with Greg again sometimes after that stuff. So like especially if he's been on a date, like I can be a bit closed off for a while. Um, and then eventually like I relax and get over some of those almost like mental like barriers or hurdles and then it's fine and I let it go and it's okay and I become present again but it just takes a while for me to let go of some of the stuff that pops up for me and the fears and the insecurities and just like self-worth stuff and comparison stuff like there's just stuff that comes up like it kind of naturally does and a lot of it is around like appearance a lot of it is around like um like sex and what it's like with him with someone else and what they're like compared to me so it's stuff like that that just you can't really control it it just comes up you know it's it's fairly natural and totally normal and that's what I'm trying to teach myself like hey like those feelings will come and you can just let them come and you don't have to try to be okay and you don't have to be the chill cool girlfriend and you also don't have to share every single little thing and like externally process because if you don't you're lying about it like you can just kind of have the feelings there and it's okay and you you know that they're going to come and they can just they can just be there and you can accept them um, and focus on being present more than anything, you know, be kind to yourself, be present and focus on what you're doing right now and who's with you. Cause he's here and, and he's here because he loves you and just kind of reminding myself of that stuff. But 
I just had that reaction. And so we kind of spent the second to last night just having this really hectic deep conversation. Cause I was like, Hey, I kind of feel, I feel kind of not great about it and I'm okay. But like, I'm just letting you know. And he's like, Oh, like I feel really bad when you feel bad. And then I'm like, Oh, like I feel bad when you feel bad and, and I'm making you feel bad. And he's like, no, I'm making you feel bad. And we just kind of end up in this. I heard this amazing term um, on the multi-amory podcast yesterday called a shame spiral. I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's a shame spiral. So we just end up like just in these internal dilemmas where we're conflicted and we feel shit and we're trying not to say anything that hurts the other person, but we're trying to express how we feel and we're super vulnerable. And yeah. And it's always, and I, I feel I'm still quite shut off. Like I, my reaction is often to like shut down. Um, and so Greg's like, Hey, like, what do I do? And I'm like, um, don't touch me. (laughs) Uh, but do you love me? Can you, can you show me you love me? So it's like this really bizarre thing where it's like, I need him there and I want him and I, I want to be with him and I'm trying to get past this. But in trying to get past this, there's a thing in the way and it becomes a thing. And then the more I focus on it or the more that I try to stop it, 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 the bigger it becomes. So it's this, yeah, it's still a challenge and there's still things that I am being exposed to about myself and the way that I compare or almost have like this distance between who I think I should be and and who I am. And if negative feelings come up that I don't think I should have, because I think I should be a certain type of girlfriend or partner, it's like, I struggle to reconcile that that difference. Um, And then in talking about it to Greg and him telling me like, Oh, like I feel, I feel bad. Then I feel bad for making him feel bad. And it's like guilt and shame and <laughs> spiraling. And it's it, it gets really hard in the moment, especially because, you know, you're activated. Like I'm in the middle of being like just suffocating in this emotion of like I I am having a hard time touching you right now because you've been with someone else. And like I'm trying and I'm, I'm holding his hand and I'm touching him, him, but it's tense and you can feel the tension. And I, and I know I'm not being myself and I'm trying to just like let it go, but it's there. And so he'll be like, like are you okay is everything cool and and of course as soon as someone says like are you okay it's not okay <laughs> like you, the tension is like maxing out at that point you're like oh god okay and because I you know I'm trying to be like hey like if I'm not okay like I'm, I'm not I'm not totally okay but it's okay nothing needs to change I don't need anything this is just where I'm at right now and Greg then will often be like what the fuck do I do so we were kind of trying to figure that stuff out a little bit still um and and so that's where where we are like being really mindful of like our language like I often am like oh my god I do this every time and I'm so bad and I'm I'm really shit at this and and he's like hey like you don't do this all the time we need to remember that it's once or twice and and then we're we have really good periods of like dating other people and it's all cool and then sometimes we go through a bad patch and it just happens and yeah it's just kind of it really is like just be present be kind to yourself and and give yourself time to process it and, and, and regulating can be internal or external. And there's no wrong way to go about it. I think it's just learning to say what you need or don't need and, and being clear, like that's something that I'm focusing on. I'm trying to accept how I feel and let it be. I'm trying to essentially not try to be cool or okay and just be uncomfortable and let that be cool. Um, and, and try to regulate internally a little bit. Um, and then also, Uh, what was the other thing? I think just being present was probably what I was going to say. Like just, you know, I think when I see Greg after he's been with someone else, it's like, if I think about that, I'm not present. So I have to find ways to bring myself back. And what Greg does is Greg will try to reconnect physically really, really quickly. Like he's like, Hey, just, can you kiss me? Like, just come here. Like, I just want to hug you and hold you and kiss you and like, just be back with you physically. Um, And I take a while to get to that point because I feel like I have these things in the way. But what I am almost seeing now is Greg's like, no, I have those same things in the way, but I 
I am just fucking bolt past them to get to you first and then they fade then they go they dissolve like that's kind of the antidote for me so I think that that might be what I try next time like rather than holding off because I feel tense and uncomfortable and have like kind of these feelings that I'm dealing with just letting them go and just being present and just connecting with him and getting to that part faster rather than being like I can't connect with him if I don't feel amazing it's like no like you, you know you've got to connect even when you don't feel good and that's part of being in a relationship so those are some of the lessons that we learned while we were in Thailand. Um, and let me tell you, the guilt that I felt when we were like, it's like our last night and I feel like shit because I'm keeping you up night because we're fucking talking about this thing and I feel really bad and I'm blowing it up and making it a big deal and it wasn't a big deal anyway. And like just I am a guilt-ridden human being. And when I feel like I'm not being the kind of person that I want to be and I'm aware of that happening literally in front of me and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm watching my house burn down and there is nothing I can do about it and I'm just a witness. Um, it's really shitty like internal conflict of like, oh, fuck, I can't stop this. But I'm, I'm like I'm watching it. <laughs> So yeah, it, it's easy in hindsight to talk about it. And we had a really good talk about it in the car on the way home and and not necessarily specifically about that thing, but we will often listen to a podcast. So we were listening to the multi-amory podcast, which um, the most recent one is about comparison and self-worth. And it's a really good one in terms of what happens in a relationship. And so through that, we would often hit pause and be like, ah, oh, that makes sense for me because of this. And my self-worth is wrapped up in the relationship at these times. And the comparison that I experience is these things. And just getting kind of specific about that and drawing examples from what happened in Thailand or in other cases. So we end up talking about it that way, um, which is a great vehicle to talk about the concepts and the struggles and the challenges without having to talk about the actual event. And sometimes... <sighs> get a break from like hounding on about the same thing and going around in circles a little bit, which is good. Um, but I think we are, I actually just sent Greg, I'm a journaler, like I'm a writer. When I have stuff come up, I write it out. Like I just need to get it out. So I made a massive long note in my phone and I actually just shared it with Greg. Um, I find that's the best way to feel like I've been heard when I know that I've just written it all out and I send it to him. And sometimes I don't need necessarily a response. Like I just need like a oh, I get it. Like, I understand. Like, I understand what you're going through and I get that. It's really fucking hard. Um, and then I love you. Like, that's kind of all I need sometimes. I just, I've often sent him like a big blurb and been like, hey, I don't need anything back. I just need to know that you've heard my side of the story, <laughs> like my version of events. And I try to cut out some of the bias stuff and some of the really emotive stuff. Like I went through and edited this note and took out some of the stuff that I wrote initially so that it was the more like filtered version um, and the less activated version. Um, so that's where we're at, people. That was Thailand. I'm gonna wrap it up. This has been this has been long, and I'm I'm meant to go and train. Um, so I have my car on Car Next Door. Car Next Door is essentially like this car leasing app for just anybody's car. So my dad sent me this link, and he's like, "Hey, if you sign up and do this for three months, you're gonna get fifteen hundred dollars a month because they had this special where they guaranteed you would make fifteen hundred dollars, and if you didn't, they would pay the difference." And I was like, "Um, fuck yes." So I put my car on it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, sweet. It'll just get rented like while we're away. Like that's perfect. We're away for 10 days. Like someone can just come and rent it. Zero people rented my car. The day I get back and Greg's away for work. So I don't have his car. He can't drive me anywhere. The day I get back Monday, I get a notification on my phone saying like, hey, Curtis, fuck you, Curtis. Curtis has rented your car from 10 a.m. this morning. That was at like 9 a.m. From 10 a.m. till 5 p.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> Greg's not back until Wednesday. So I have no vehicle for the next for two, two and a half days. 
Um, Greg's home on Wednesday. My car gets back Wednesday night. So Thursday I'll have a car. Um, I even have like random shit that I'm like, fuck, I have a dentist appointment. I've had this dentist thing. My feelings fucked and now I have to go to the dentist. I'm going to have to get an Uber. (laughs) God damn it. So yeah, that's my scenario right now. I'm meant to be training. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I'm going to have to walk and I'm already running late. So it's just going to be, it's just going to be, it is what it is. It is what it is, people. Just, I'm just going to, I'm going to accept it. I'm just going to accept it. It's okay to be annoyed, upset, however you feel. That's cool. doesn't have to mean anything. <laughs> All right. Peace out, guys. I love you.